Welcome to the Wheatful Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Goff, and I'm so excited you're here. I'm an online product shop owner over at Wheat & Honey Co., a business strategist leading women-owned, profitable, and purposeful businesses, and your host here at the Wheatful Woman Podcast. Join us as we have fun and soulful conversation with a bunch of girlfriends pursuing a life full of intention and purpose. We are here to give you space and tools for your holistic wellness journey and hope you leave each episode feeling a bit more full than when you came. All right, Wheatful Women, let's dive in. Today's episode features my girl, Abby Hillis. Abby is an event planner and marketing consultant for female-led small businesses and is based out of Austin, Texas. She is the founder and executive director of both Grow Group, a boutique events and marketing firm, and ACH Events, a full-service wedding planning company. She is also your host of the Loving This Life podcast, a podcast created to empower you to live your best life and speak your truth. Abby also advocates for sexual assault victims and is the co-founder of The 12th Woman, an advocacy group fighting for sexual assault survivors. She has been featured on ESPN, Texas Monthly, Washington Post, and has presented the 12th Woman Bill to Congress. Abby is a mother to a wonderful little boy, Kieran James, and a wife to Kieran Hillis. Abby loves live music, soaking up sunshine, whether it's at the beach or in the mountains, and lives life firmly believing that if you put good into the world, good will come back to you. Abby has a soul full of passion and believes that when you speak your truth, you pave the way for others to live out their truth. Here's my conversation with Abby. Hey, Abby. Welcome to the show. Hello. I'm so excited. This is so crazy. I know. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. <laughs> my, ah! first, my first podcast interview ever was on your podcast. And now That's right. we get to do it all over again, probably eight months later. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like since I've known you, I've wanted you to have a podcast. And so I'm just stoked that it's actually here. I'm like, yes. It's insane. The world needs to hear what Brittany has to say. Mm -hmm. And it all started with this friendship here. And I want to start there before we dive into everything and bringing our listeners into our friendship and how we met and how big of a part of Wheatful Woman that you are. It all started probably last July of 2019, Mm -hmm. probably June or July, Abby came into the picture through a mutual friend of ours. One of my best friends from elementary school was a client of Abby's through her wedding planning business and introduced us because I was hosting the first ever Wheatful Woman event in Dallas. We'll get into this later, but Abby has another business where she helps women plan corporate events. And she came in and came alongside me and made my dreams a reality in helping plan that event. So anybody that listens to this podcast that went to Wheatful Woman event knows how big of a role she played because she was on the stage with me all day long and shared some of her stories. So we met through Wheatful Woman event last September, and now she gets to be a part of this episode and this podcast and share a little bit more about her and her experiences and all the things. But through all that, it's really been neat to see how business has brought us together as really, really close friends. Yeah. I just am like reflecting on all of that. And I just think, I mean, the story, and I know we've kind of talked about it publicly before, but the story of 
even both of us being on the stage <laughs> was kind of like a, it was not a planned out months in advance thing. And I think that part of it is really cool and kind of defines the Wheatful Woman event. And it was just such a day of, I don't know, it was a cool day. What's crazy for those of you who are listening is that last night I was going down, like never before really read any of my previous posts on Instagram. And I ended up, the only one I ended up like interacting with was the one of Britt and I from Wheatful Woman. And I was just talking about what an amazing day it was and it was life-changing and community is so important. And I was like, hey, that event was exactly what we wanted it to be. And looking back on it now, I I know that's true. And I don't know, it was just really cool. It was an awesome event. And beyond that, I'm insanely thankful that it brought us together because my life is much better now because of you. So mm-hmm. I, I'm very thankful. Yeah, I feel the same. I feel the same. And it's it's really exciting to have this interview in this episode today because Abby's the one that spurred me on to start this podcast. Mm -hmm. She's the one that I bought my microphone from. She's the one that sent me the pop filter and all the things that I need with a note. And that note is something that I read before anything I do with this podcast that makes me uncomfortable. And it brings me this sense of peace and excitement and courage. And Abby is in and through everything that this podcast is doing. So it's exciting a couple interviews in to get to chat with you, Abby, and bring you into it and have a reversed conversation where I get to interview you. I know. I'm stoked. I'm excited to be on the other side because it's fun. To, I have my own podcast and it's fun to be the host, but uh, I don't do a ton of speaking on other podcasts, I guess. So it's it's fun to have the challenge of being the guest and being hosted and just, I don't know, I'm really excited. This is for both. I think it's worth mentioning for both of us. For some reason, this is out of our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Like our, I think our friendship is so, and for lack of better words, intimate. Like mm-hmm. we're just so behind closed doors about our friendship that I feel like it's like this has been, it's going to be like a good challenge for us to just actually be a little bit more open and about our friendship, which is weird and sounds weird, but I don't know. I just, I, I think it's worth mentioning that this isn't just us just like, this is a, this is hard for us, I guess is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. It is. It's like, right. I mean, is it just me, but it's just like, I don't know. Anyways. Yeah, no, I was not nervous or anxious about this episode at all. And moments before we hit record, we're both thinking, what song can we listen to real quick? And we go to This Girl Is On Fire. Let's just take some deep breaths together before we do this. Because Abby and I have a friendship that you all are going to see throughout this episode where we truly just lay it all out there. And the Marco Polo app makes it that much easier to do that. But in the good and the bad and the ugly and the celebrations and the challenges, we're talking with one another through it. And... It is such a cool thing to have a friend that lives outside of Austin and I'm outside of Dallas-Fort Worth and we get to talk that much and be that that involved in each other's lives. And then to record an episode together where we're talking about the things that make Abby to be who she is, is something I'm so, I think I am, so well-versed in because I know her. But letting you all into that intimate space that we have as friends in hopes that not only will her journey and her experiences empower you and maybe shed light on things that will spur you on, but it'll also encourage you to seek friendships like what we've been blessed with. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I just got a little bit emotional. Um, thanks, Britt. You're awesome. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. Here we go. So our topic for today is speak your truth. This is a phrase that I really want Abby to speak into. But before she does, I want to let you all know that at the end of last year, she reached out to me and said, I want 2020 to be speak your truth year. That's going to be the year that that is the mantra that I live out. And that was before 2020 hit and all of the chaos and unexpected and unknown things that have happened. But I, from an outside perspective, have seen how the unknown of this year has allowed Abby to walk in that that much more. And it looks different than what I think she expected. But Abby, I would love to hear firsthand here why you wanted to chat about Speak Your Truth on this episode and why you want to walk in that all of this year. Yeah, it's crazy thinking back that I, I said it with such conviction in my voice to everyone that that's what I was going to do in 2020. Cause I felt like, you know, people always say that are successful. They say, you know, you have a self mission statement and, you know, make sure your mission statements are clearly defined in your businesses and look at your mission statement with your, like all the different aspects of your life. And, you know, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That all sounds good. I should do that. And then you don't do it or you sort of do it. And I felt like I hadn't done that yet in my life. And I was like, I'm going to stick to something that's so easy that has no expectations. Speak your truth can mean so many different things. And it's just, it's, well, so I guess the funny thing is, is it seemed so easy that it was going to do that. What ends up happening and what has happened, especially given all of the things that have happened in the world in 2020, is that it ended up being one of the hardest things I've been doing. Because <laughs> like, my goal is to just be me. And the slap in the face moment of, are you, are you who you want to be? Is who you've been who you want to be? Or do you want to like almost shed away from that mm. and like release that? And it's just, it's crazy, but it's in, at the same time, it's something that I like, I look so forward. I, I look forward to when I get there, I guess, of like just understanding my boundaries and who I want to be and the things that I want to make important in my life. And I kind of feel like I'm still all over the place trying to figure that out. And so Speak Your Truth is like me living in the moment of figuring out what that, honestly, that truth is. <laughs> mm -hmm. And through authenticity and vulnerability and showing up during the journey. What yeah. I've seen from your Speak Your Truth and how you've walked that out this year is it is not that you have bullets of what your truth is and you want to make sure everybody you talk to, everything that you put out into the world goes back to that as much as it is my truth is who I am and what I've been through and my experiences and where I am on that journey. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I want to kind of talk a little bit about my story, but I'm also learning that a boundary of mine is not sharing everything that I ever should or feel compelled to share. Cause that's not necessarily what's healthiest for me. And I'm learning that. So, but I have previously, I just want people to know that's listening. Like if you find yourself leaving the conversation with more questions. Like I do have my own podcast. You can listen on there a lot. I'm a lot more open on there. I've just had more time to talk in detail and on that platform, but I'm also open to having conversations privately. Just I'm transitioning a little bit in that realm. So people are going to hear, you know, me tell way more details than I'm going to continue to talk about in the future, just because I know it's healthier that way for me. Mm. 
So let's chat for a brief moment before we transition into these other things. Can you tell us a little bit more about what your work world looks like? Let us in a little bit to the different things that you're working on, the different things that you're doing, your businesses, and how that makes you who you are. Yeah. So shout out to Jordan Lee Dooley. She's the one that made me realize I'm a multi-passionate person. So I, once I heard her say that, I was like, oh, finally, I feel like I'm accepted. I don't know. It's like this <laughs> light bulb going off in my head. So I do a lot of different things. I started 20, in 2016 a an event planning company that was originally supposed to be all events, but it quickly took off specifically in the wedding event industry. So I've been doing that for quite some time now. It's called ACH Events. And then after a couple years of running that whole business and really getting it off the ground, I decided I wanted to have a business that also welcomed in helping small businesses throw their own events and more of the corporate side of events and the marketing side of events because a lot of people don't realize that when you're throwing an event, you have to plan an event, but you also have to market an event and it's its own marketing plan and it's kind of its own business plan as in, in all. So I really find a passion in just kind of putting that all together. I also am a huge advocate for sexual assault survivors. So in a way that kind of intertwines with my work, I have obviously the podcast, the Loving This Life podcast, and it was originated from me wanting to give a platform to sexual assault survivors of, hey, you know what? What we've gone through just is really awful and there's no way to take it away or make it honestly better besides just healing and forgiving. But what we can do is control how we move forward. And so I wanted to start the podcast as a way for just survivors to listen and shed light that the things that I was doing to try to pave that way for myself and not feel like I was walking around with the scarlet letter on me saying like survivor or victim or whatever. So I have this podcast, I have uh, two event companies, and I just have spent a lot of time focusing on that. But what a lot of people also don't know is that all of those things pretty much came to fruition while I had a newborn at home. So in 2018, my son KJ was born and he is now two and a half years old and the cutest little thing. He's the coolest two and a half year old. I love him, but people always talk about and ask us. We're kind of at that age now where he's getting older and they're like, oh, are you having another kid? Like, what's your plan? And full disclosure, we don't think we want another kid, but we're not sure. And we can get into motherhood. I know we'll do that, talk about that in a little bit. But I was launching Grow Group. I was maintaining Loving This Life in 2018 and I was maintaining ACH events. And so I ended up quitting my job that I was on during maternity leave and never really went back to it and finally made the decision to just do my own business full time. So 2018 in a way was supposed to be a really freeing year for me and being at home. And I had this newborn and like life was kosher, but I went through postpartum depression. And again, we'll get into motherhood stuff, but 2018 ended up turning into one of the hardest years because I was fighting for survivors at Texas A&M and my story was being blasted all over the national news and I was speaking nationally. I had my story told on the floor of Congress and it was just a real vulnerable year. I didn't really have any boundaries. And so businesses really honestly took a hit and I was struggling and mentally had was not there. So I finally like got myself straight and got therapy and still actively see a therapist because they're just so awesome at helping you get outside your head. And so I was basically going through this just really hard, not 
good mental space and was struggling just with processing my assault that had happened 10 years ago. And it was just really hard. So I did some massive self-reflecting and, you know, was like, do I want to be a business person and an entrepreneur? Do I want to go back to corporate America? And then I just decided in 2019, I was just going to run with it. And I was going to work my butt off with all these businesses. I was going to get my mind right, my head right. Started seeing a therapist. I started meditating. Um, There's a gal who really helped me and brought me to meditating and understanding how your body needs that physically to just relax. And it's important to like focus on just relaxing, which is a foreign concept to me being an athlete. So back in 2019, I just found myself being an entrepreneur and loving it and advocating for people and speaking out. So in 2019, I just really focused on the businesses and that's pretty much where I've been at up in up until pretty much COVID when obviously a lot of people had to pivot. But 2019 was my year that I was just going to focus on being an entrepreneur in a business and really dive deep into marketing myself and getting out there and tackling the dreams that I had of things that I wanted to do and businesses I wanted to work with. And it was a really, really great year. And I love events. I think they're one of the coolest spaces that you can create because it's temporary and they always have a specific purpose and they're very intentional And so, you know, I kind of talk about events and past tense right now because COVID's just changed a lot of that. So business was, you know, what I thought in my plan, you know, like probably like most people going into 2020 of like, I'm going to do events and marketing and this is awesome. And I have all these plans and I did these numbers last year and I'm going to push myself to do better this year. And you're just like so ramped up. It's a new decade. And then it's like, listen up, I've got quite a different plan for you. And so I I think for me, business is kind of, if I'm being blatantly honest, a big old question mark right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I've also feel on the the opposite side of things and the flip side of things feel blessed because I'm not scared of what the future holds with a business. And so that, I find a lot of comfort in that. So people, anyone who's been a client of mine know that I love doing weddings and weddings will always be something that I do, even if I have to cut my numbers down because I just so believe in the concept of marriage and what a wedding stands for. And so anyone who's out there knows if you've been a client of mine, Brit, you included, Mm -hmm. even though it wasn't your wedding, it was your event, but you just like kind of become a friend of mine and like you come into like my like protector bubble, I guess, where I'm like, okay, you're my person now. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I, um, that's pretty much business to me is very personal. And I don't know that everyone would agree with that. And I don't know that everyone understands it, but the people that I bring into the, the personal space of my business is someone that I definitely, they're all people I respect and appreciate. So I do business very differently, I guess I would say. And maybe that's why you're like the peas to my carrots. Cause you're, so much the opposite of me. And I have to reel you in and you have to reel me in. And it's awesome. And that's why we make such an awesome duo. The balance is so perfect. And I, one thing I can speak directly into is Abby partners with people or brings in clients that have this commonality. And I don't know how you're so good at identifying that, but <laughs> she knows so quickly, these are my people and we're going to do this. And when she does that, Wheatful Woman event last year is a prime example. We knew each other two days and Abby had already taken my business on her back as if it were her own. And every single day as an individual running a business and an event, 
all that responsibility was entirely mine. And then I partnered with Abby. And that very 48 hours later, I remember feeling like I had a partner. There was this other person that cared about it and wanted to nurture it as much as I did. And anybody that is a business owner knows you never find that. You never find somebody that's going to love your business as much as you do. But working with Abby and when she says that she makes business personal, I've experienced that and how she gives you this comfort, especially as someone that likes control. She gave me this comfort that the outcome and the success of an event was just as important to her as it was to me. Yeah, that's, I mean, 100%, but I think that's probably how I am with anything I touch in my life. Like Mm -hmm. when I make a decision to do something or to bring someone in, or I'm asking someone to trust me, because like, to me, that's a business decision, right? Like you're choosing to trust me with something that is so intimate and close to you. And to me, like you have to make that decision financially and mentally to allow that to happen and then be respectful and confident to delegate. Because there's no Mm -hmm. point in hiring out someone to help you with your business if you can't respect and delegate. So when I, when, you know, that's the way that the relationship has to be for me on the other side, it's just like, yeah, I'm going to give you my all. Like, let's do this. Like what's yours is mine. What's mine is yours. There might be times when I'm high and you're low or like I'm having to pull the weight and you're not and we'll flip and, you know, people do the same. And, and, you know, I, I try to not be like this for that and one for one because it, that's just kind of how I've approached relationships. And I would say 90% of the time it ends up working out flawlessly and benefits both parties involved. And I just, I appreciate approaching business and life that way. Cause it just, mm-hmm. for me, it works and it's, it wouldn't work for everyone. You know, mm-hmm. everyone has to do it their own way, but for me, that's just how I do it. And it's, it works for me. I want to talk about meditation for a second. That's something you talk about a lot. And something that I'm learning from you is that meditation doesn't look one templated way, but it's very individualized. And you are really navigating what that word means for you and the peace it brings you. Could you just elaborate a little bit about your experience with meditation and what that looks like? Yeah, I would love to talk about that because this is about to be like, welcome to my three-minute TED Talk about meditation answer to you because here's the thing that I've learned about meditation. How you would pray is a way of meditating, but you can also meditate without praying and you can also focus on meditation and pray. So like all of it is just whatever it is for you and exactly what you said, individualized. And Mm -hmm. I'm learning that. At first I thought, And it does help at the beginning of meditation. And I thought this was what meditation was. But at the beginning, if you are someone that's like stepping into it, it does help to have guided meditations because you're having to train your mind. You're having to control your mind to not control your mind is basically what you're doing. It's allowing your mind like the freedom to stop and to just be. And people are like, well, I can't do that. And the whole point is, is like you can't do it because it's not something you practice. Just like... I can flip upside down and do a cartwheel on a handstand still to this day in my sleep and I've had a kid, but to someone else, it's like absolutely terrifying to do at 30 years old. Like the same thing goes for meditation. Like the more you do it, the easier it is, the better it gets, and, and the bigger the impact it is on your life because you start walking more in that level of meditation rather than having to seek it out consistently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, when you're thinking about meditation and if you're someone who does it all the time, you're, you're totally going to understand what I'm saying. And if you're someone that has really been like turning your nose up to meditation, I ask that you just try it once. It's something that really can't negatively impact your life in any way. So it's worth trying. 
that's how I kind of look at things. I'm like, well, if this doesn't really hurt me, like at least I could try it. If it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But I don't know, Brett, I, I would love, we haven't really talked about it, but we, I feel like we kind of truly did a true guided meditation together. Yep. For the first, that's what I was going to talk about. First time, right? Wasn't that your yep. first time? Yep. What were your, like, what did, like, what happened? Cause I, I don't, I don't really talk, get to know feedback about what it's like for someone to do their first time with meditation. Yeah. And we've never talked about this before. Uh-huh. One of the few things we've never talked about, but a little bit of context, Abby was in town in Grapevine, Texas for a work trip and she stayed with us a couple of nights while she was here. We met about Wheatful Woman Event 2020. And if it weren't for her being in my office, in my home, I don't think I would have signed that venue contract to lock everything in. We're sitting mm-hmm. here. We're working through it all. We signed this contract. And anybody that has hosted an event before or done something of that caliber with their business, there's a little bit of just uncomfortability that comes with it. And that's just stepping into that space of growing and committing. And to me, that was the first contract I had signed to say, September, 2020, we're having this event, which as you all know, we've canceled because of COVID. But at that time we made that decision. We did it together. She figured out how to fix my printer because it was conveniently broken, which I'm over here going, yes, it's broken. We can't do this. But she (laughs) fixes the printer. She gets a pen and she puts it in my hand and is standing over my shoulder, encouraging me to sign this contract. So we signed the contract and then we said, okay, let's go get dinner. We're done with work for the day. Let's go get some dinner. And before we did that, Abby said, would you do a meditation with me? So she puts a meditation on her phone She spreads blankets out on my hardwood floor and we just sat together in the floor and closed our eyes. And to me, it's learning how to be still. And for me, when we're talking about prayer, we're talking about meditation. Meditation for me is an invitation to learn how to listen, to learn how to quiet my thoughts and my busyness and my productivity and my mind and be still so that I'm not feeling like it's my conversation to have, but instead it's a place to be restored and quieted and to listen. So we did that together and I'm trying to remember exactly which one it was, but the type of meditation that I typically have the most ease being still with are the meditations that walk you through your body And I've done one of these with the Valiant Hearts ministry before where they'll play some subtle music in the background and then just walk you through relaxing your jaw, loosening your shoulders. And they walk you all the way down to the tips of your toes. And it creates this space where you get to focus on releasing that tension that we hold in our bodies that we don't even realize we hold. And for me, having something to focus on with different parts of my body helps me to not think about that email I was just getting ready to send or that text I need to remember to respond to. But instead I have something to think about. And then I find that this quiet comes with that. Yeah. There's a lot of quietness that comes with meditation and it's so needed. For me, I enjoyed it so much when I was first taught it because it's just what you need when you're starting out and you do it a couple of times and to get into understand like what you're trying to make your body and your mind do, especially when you're just starting out, especially if you're also like Brit and I, where we're just go, go, go people. Like that's just what we do. And sometimes when I meditate, I just ask and lay there and I'm like, God, just let me feel what I need to feel right now. And sometimes it's as much as that. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that's meditation. 
Mm-hmm. That it, you know, it is, it's just a different type and it's, there's no shame in any way that you meditate, but just allowing yourself that space is just so important. So off of my now 20 minute Ted talk on meditation, <laughs> that's what I think about meditation. <laughs> it's so interesting. And off of that, I would love to segue into your personal faith and the hope that you have and what that looks like and give you space just to share your personal experience with that hope with our community. Yeah, this is something that you've brought out of me, I would say, a lot. So I, backstory, I was very much so, as a child, a young child, I was very much so raised in the Methodist church. And then as we got older, our our parents gave us the freedom of kind of like, if you want to go to church, go to church. If not, like you're old enough to make that decision for yourself. Uh, My dad was very much so forced into the Baptist church. And so he struggles with forcing anything upon us uh, religion-wise. And so... After I, I think I just started driving, I kind of chose to go to my own churches and kind of ventured off to my own church camps and that type of thing. And I just didn't have the best experience. I went from just being in a very traditional Methodist church to go into non-denominational, non-denominational churches. And I, I struggled with feeling like I was never good enough, maybe, or something like that, and just really feeling judged a lot. And so in my college years, I kind of just didn't make it a priority and did the stereotypical college experience and faith and religion and spirituality just wasn't a big part of my life. And then I had a kid and that kind of really started to change everything. Cause when you con grasp the concept of growing another child inside of you and like legitimately like bringing something into this world, it's like nothing more than to me for spiritual opportunity and like a spiritual thing. Like that's a big deal that your body can do that and that our bodies are created to do that. And so I slowly started just becoming more spiritual within my own self and kind of just moved away from organized religion and just was like, I'm going to research Christianity on my own and just be me. And then Brit came into my life and I just, I don't know, I see Christianity and I see religion for, and through a much different lens and you're someone who's very outspoken in your faith and very that's very much so the center of who you are. And I wouldn't have normally been friends with someone like that. And so it's really cool that you're the type of person that welcomes that. And I would like to say as a guest on Brit's podcast, as I get emotional, that something Brit has told me is that this podcast is scary to her. And it's taken a lot of courage to make it happen. And part of that, whoo, I'm going to take a big deep breath here because I really want to say this. <laughs> And part of that is understanding why it was so scary for her. And in the Christian world, people struggle with surrounding themselves with people who are not like them because it's easier to continue through believing what you believe and practicing what you believe when you have a strong circle around you. And I so agree with agree with that. But what ends up happening is people who don't have like-minded beliefs sometimes feel like an outsider. And there's a space that needs to be created where the, the two people are bridged together and there is no division. And Brit does just that. And that's why this podcast was so hard for her because she felt like this was going to have to be either like a very Christian-based podcast or a very welcoming, no-religion-based podcast because she wanted to speak to both, but it was hard for her to, to feel like she could do that without upsetting the other person. 
And I'm here to tell you as someone who would have not normally been friends with someone who has God in in her spirituality and her religion at such like the forefront of her life and her daily schedule and all of that. I just didn't think she'd be someone I'd get close to. And she is. And it's possible to be that person who is so strong in their faith, but it's also to be also possible to be that person who welcomes any and everyone into their life. And you're doing that with this whole podcast. I know who you're interviewing and who you're going to be talking to and who you already have. And it's just so cool that you're creating that space. And I just think, I hope that people see it for what it is. And I like, I really wanted to talk about just that. And you've created a spirituality inside of me and reblossomed a lot of things that I had suppressed. And, you know, you not, you couldn't have accomplished that if you didn't have such like an open mind and an open heart for, for people who are not the same mind as you. And I think that's, that's really cool. And people should know that about you. You're making me cry. (laughs) Like, can the microphone pick up these tears? (laughs) Thank you. And I couldn't, I couldn't have expressed my hesitancy or my hope any better than that. God has made it very clear to me that my purpose looks a little bit different than I wanted it to. And Abby's such a part of this, but I grew up going to church. It didn't become, my faith didn't become relationship and my own until I graduated college. And I was surrounded by women that spurred me on to understand knowing God and wanting to love people well and love yourself well is not just about this routine and this lifestyle and checking all these boxes. It's not about going to church on Sunday and praying and reading your Bible and all these things that you see from the outside. But instead, it's about understanding that we have such a greater purpose than just being on this earth, going about our life, paying our bills. We have so much more that we get to do here, and that's loving people. Yep. And it's amazing how my journey that has led to my friendship with Abby started with that. It started with this Methodist church background that I grew up in, not going to church in college because it was easier not to, because I didn't have a lot of friends that were going to church. My college town didn't have a lot of options that were close within half an hour. So I just didn't. Then I graduate and I get involved in a church in Dallas that is so strong in community. And all of a sudden that yearning for my faith grew from a place of friendships and loving one another, and wanting to be our best selves. And then it led to my husband, who has really taught me our faith is about how we're taking care of ourselves and loving ourselves and loving other people. And then I met Abby. And the same thing continues there. And now with this podcast, what Abby was talking about, it's a space for me that my hope is that other women that listen to this will realize that's not so scary. This God and this religion and Christianity and faith, it has all these things that come to mind that a lot of people become very touchy around. Mm -hmm. But my hope is, for me, it's uncomfortable to walk this walk and this line that I'm walking, but I want it to be one where women listen and they don't feel like they have to shoot their guard up or have an opinion, but they just get to receive love. They just get to receive this message of you're not alone, that you have such a important purpose because nobody else can be you. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what my faith is grounded in. It's grounded in, God, what are you wanting to do through me so that other women can live this full life? 
And how do you want me to love them? And it looks very different than how I'm comfortable doing it. It's not just praying over people. Mm -hmm. It's, hey, why don't you just get to know this person? Why don't you just go to happy hour with them? Why don't you just take a walk? Why don't you just enjoy being around this person and get to know their why and understand them versus having a checklist that's a prerequisite before you step into conversations and friendships. And that's getting a little bit intense, but. (laughs) I mean, but it's, it's true. And I think the one thing that I would hope someone, people would take away from understanding just like your why and just what, how you've brought faith into my world and probably a lot of people's world is to just kind of stop for a second before you want to say something to someone or judge someone and think about one, does this positively impact that person? And two, is this my pride speaking or, or am I not approaching this with empathy? I just think back to the event and how, you know, people, you didn't get up on the stage and pray and you chose to make it a space of, of wel- that welcomed all different types of people and you made that decision. And it was hard for you because you wanted to do that, but you felt like in order for people like myself to be comfortable, it, it was a li- a, like a line you wanted and a boundary you wanted to keep in order to welcome other people in. And I just, the amount of respect I have for you to make that decision, uh, you probably don't even understand how great it is because there's a lot of people who don't agree with what you chose to do and don't understand why you chose to do it that way. And I think sometimes, like in my experience, the church taught us to be so outspoken about your faith. And that's the only way people are going to know who Jesus is. And you have to, in ways I felt like they were telling us to kind of just bombard people and almost shove it down their throats. And that's not what they were trying to do, but that's just how I inferred it. And so for so long, it just like stuck with me, I guess. And then you come in and you're just walking the walk. That's all you're doing. I mean, you are literally doing what you were called here to do and you love people first and you have empathy first and you lead by example. And it's like, well, yeah, I want that too. Like you don't have to talk it because you walk it. And I think that's what people, like are you choosing in your daily decisions and choices to walk the walk? Or are you choosing or are you choosing to talk the talk and and judge others? And I think that's ultimately like what the decision we have to make every single day we get up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know part of wanting to lead other people in that faith is not always just making everyone comfortable. There is a place and a time where you want to challenge one another and sharpen one another and call one another out in love. But with that event in particular, the Lord made it very clear to me that there were women that would not have come if that level of discomfort to them would have been on the front line. And my vision for it was that they would come feeling welcomed and be met with that truth and that faith and that love. And it's insane that that was my prayer throughout the entire planning process. Mm -hmm. And then we had two women that came up to me at the end of the event, at the end of the day. And at this point, my head's in a fog. It's kind of like when you've anticipated this big thing and then it's over and it went well and you're like, okay, what now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's come off of this. Let's go through the downhill of that roller coaster. And these two women approached me and they said, I just want you to know we are both atheists and we have never felt accepted and loved and the hope that we felt today. 
And I didn't even know how to respond or react because it was so much more than I could take in in that moment. Uh But reflecting back on the event, I'm realizing there's a lot of controversy with this topic. And there are probably people that are listening to this right now that one have either already turned it off or they're thinking, I'm going to finish this episode because I've started it, but I don't agree with that comment or this comment. But that's what the Lord asked me to do. And he's put the right people in the path along the way, including Abby, to spur me on in that and mm-hmm. to surround me in that. And those two women at the end of the event, hopefully, maybe they'll listen to this, but they changed my life because it made me realize I was able to see that little glimmer, that little glimmer of what the Lord was doing. And it spurred me on to keep hearing that and keep doing that. Yep. So Abby, I want to ask you this question as we wrap up. What is your motivation behind living the life you love and the life you're proud of? This is a big theme in your podcast and mm. you are so good about pulling that out of other people and having those conversations on the Loving This Life podcast. And I think it would be really cool to bring a little bit of your podcast into this podcast today. And let this community and these listeners hear straight from you that motivation behind all of that. Yeah, yeah. I'm like trying to think about everything that I want to say. And gosh, this question's like a loaded one for me because I think of someone living the life that they're that they love and that they're thriving in and happy in. And it looks different for every single person but there's always something that you can actively be doing in your life to be fulfilling or achieving that, that most biggest fulfillment of just like happiness and love and just excitement in life. And for some people like myself, it's putting up boundaries and it's forcing yourself to self-evaluate and grow, acknowledge her, move past it and, you know, acknowledge that you can change and grow and adapt and you can, you know, make your circle smaller and you can just find small enjoyments or enjoyments in the small things. But for other people like my husband who lives life in such like I like to call honestly la la land of just like life is great and hunky dory and we're just going to have the best life all day, every day. He very rarely has a bad day and I'm just not that type of person. And so for me, I have to like, we have to talk about with him of, you know, his life looks a little bit more of like pushing himself in times where naturally that's not what he wants to do, but he knows it's worth it. And so figuring out that there's always something more that you can be learning about yourself, about others that, you can be educating yourself on, that you can be listening better at. I'm an awful listener and I've learned that about myself. And so I'm working on just literally zipping it and listening it. Black Lives Matter movement had a lot to just really like project that motivation. I am just realizing like my privilege is so real and so strong. And even though at times being a survivor, I feel like I lack privilege in certain areas the reality is I still have a lot. And so I want to be a leader of the person who is walking the walk that says like, I don't have it all figured out. I'm not Miss Thing who you need to all sit down and listen to. Like, that's not how I see myself at all. What I see myself is saying like, hey, will you join me on this like crazy ride we call life? Let's figure out how we can make ourselves better. Let's figure out how we can make the people around us better. Let's figure out how we can make sure we stay healthy, but help others. It's finding that balance of pushing yourself, but not too much, of letting people in, but not too much. 
and figuring it out who you are as a person and then like kind of pushing yourself to that place where you know you can be and should be but doing it in a healthy way coming from a gymnastics background I just we always strive to be perfect it was trying to get that 10 and if and you were never good enough I've lived life with that same mentality for 28 years and the last two years of my life I just demand that it doesn't have to be that way and life is perfect and you're a 10-0 sitting how you are who you are right here right now and it doesn't take cooking 10 wonderful home-cooked dinners in a row for 10 days like it doesn't have to be that you can still be a 10-0 and eating Taco Bell because you just straight up didn't have dinner plans and you can straight up be a 10-0 if you bared a child and don't have the body you wish you had and you I get emotional because these are things I literally had talked to my therapist about yesterday of just like, you have to understand that like the best version of you is a you that's a hundred percent accepted by you. And I think for women, that's just really hard. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's not a natural thing for a lot of women. And those that have it figured out, I'm like, oh yes, girl, go, go, go. I'm like, I'm right behind you. I'm following you. Like, let's do this. Like, let's just love ourselves and love others. And I don't know. You just... I don't know. Thank you for this conversation. It was a really cool one. And you just really brought out, we brought it out in each other, just some honest conversation. And people are probably going to be like, wow, that was just a really dense episode. But I don't know. It's kind of also us. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It is. And one more thing. I know I said that was the last question, but I have one more for you really fast. Okay. If there is a woman that's listening to this episode that hears you speak about being a survivor, and the courage you found and the healing you found and all of that that you're still currently walking through, what would you say directly to her and into her headset to empower her to have the courage to seek that ability to speak out and the healing that she deserves? Ooh, you are giving me the loaded questions today. So the first thing I want to say is I see you I like understand where you're at and I feel it. I feel it so deeply. I want every survivor to know that like that healing process doesn't look the same as any other person that you know is a survivor. Every victim has to process what they've experienced differently. They have, and what, how that looks like for each individual person and their personalities looks different. And people might look at me and think, wow, she's so bold and brave and she speaks out and tells her story. And like, I just could never do that. And I want people to know that that's okay. My personality is outspoken and bold and I am an open book. And that's how I handle it. And I don't expect anyone else to handle it that way. I do, however, believe that there are voices that deserve to be heard that are scared or terrified to let them be heard. So if you're one of those people, there's a place for your voice. And I didn't think there was a place for mine. And boy, when I opened it, it was really heard. And that was a surprise to me. So if you are someone that feels like maybe deep down inside of you, you want to tell your story or you want to speak out or you want to find justice, whether that's by hiring someone or by forgiving someone or by having a conversation, if that's the way that you want to go, there are plenty of survivors where all they want to do is have a conversation with the person who did it to them. And there's nothing wrong with that. So however you need to process to be a better version of yourself because something traumatic and awful happened to you, just do it. And don't be judged or feel judged on how you're going through that because how I go through it, I have no expectation that anyone else would go through it that way. And 
some people it's fast and some people it's slow. And the only thing I can say is it just doesn't define you. It doesn't define who you are. And a lot of times actually it can make you a stronger, bigger, better person that can go on to create bigger and greater things because you're so strong from what you went through. So have faith in that and focus that like on the good things and the things that you do have, because those things are going to be what keeps you going. And those things are what matters and what makes you, you, and just know that the more that of us that speak out, the stronger we're going to be and the less likely this is going to get going to keep happening to others after us. And that's ultimately with all my advocacy that I do, which we didn't even really touch on ironically. We'll have to do a few more episodes, I guess. <laughs> but just know that the voice is getting louder and it's a it, we're going to pave a path and a way for less people to be hurt in the future. And that's, that's my goal. And I believe that. I love you, Abby. Love this you is too. awesome. <laughs> Thank you for coming on, for sharing so much about your world and your experiences and the ways that you want to empower others. I am so, so thankful that our community got to hear from you. I'm so thankful to be on here. I have streams, really, streams of tears rolling down my face. Sorry. <laughs> oh, mm. y'all. Feel my hugs. Thank you, Britt. Thanks for having me. This was a really, really, really awesome opportunity for me. And I really appreciate it guys. Uh, thank you for listening. And when she says subscribe and get her word out there, please do it. Cause Britt's got some great stuff that needs to be heard. Right back at you. All right. I'll see you soon. Bye guys. Bye. Want to know where you can find Abby? You can find her on social media on both Instagram and Facebook at loving this life and at abby.hillis. You can also find her podcast online at lovingthislife.org. Did you enjoy this episode? Would you hit that subscribe button, leave us a five-star review, and share this podcast with a girlfriend? A great way to help us get the word out is by screenshotting this episode on your cell phone and tagging us at Wheatful Woman to your Instagram story. We'd love to hear your favorite parts of the show so we can keep creating episodes that show up to serve you. Thanks for tuning in and we can't wait to catch you next time.